0: Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week.
1: This is a story that I've been aware of and have followed over many years in different incarnations or certainly in my different incarnations. And it remains one that I think is an important one in this country. Yesterday on the show, we were talking about a TV show that spoke about migration and refugees. The 3 to 6 Project is a refugee children's education project, and it's been of service to the refugee community in Gauteng for 12 years. On the line, we have Dr. Mark Potterton. He's the principal at the Sacred Heart College in Johannesburg. He's also the director of the 3 to 6 Project. Dr. Potterton, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Uh, morning, Michelle Mark
1: here. Mark, thank you for. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to know love. Like, we don't have to say doctor. We'll just call you Mark in that case. Yeah, Mark. Um, I'm not sure if you heard our previous uh, guest on the show. Um,
0: yeah, a heartwarming story, hey?
1: It's it does start to talk about teachers and the absolutely critical function that they have. A, but B the role that they can offer when they really do take their their job that seriously.
0: Yeah, uh, Michelle, especially in impoverished communities, I lived in Guiani for a couple of years, so I know what conditions are like in rural areas, and I've worked in the city for 17 years. So when you have teachers that are committed, they really do make a huge contribution in those communities.
1: Tell us about the 326 project.
0: Well, it we was started... 12 years ago with Colin Northmore, who was head of the college at the time. And uh, he saw a need in Joburg to educate refugee children who were sort of falling through the cracks. They didn't have the right documentation and couldn't get into schools. Yeah. Um, and this is still the case. There are thousands of kids around Joburg that are not in school. And we, we make space with 225. So we've got 225 children on three campuses, Yeah, Sacred Heart um, Holy Family in Parktown, and then in uh, Observatory Girls, and um, yeah, and we run the school from three o'clock until six o'clock when our main schools are closed, and we offer a very annotated curriculum. We run English, mathematics, and life skills, and then during the holidays, like this last week, we just ran a holiday program where we offer you know broader enrichment in arts and we. Uh, introduce them to science and that kind of thing as well. The program also includes uh, providing a meal every day for, for for a child. And on some campuses, we, we transport kids to and from school. And that kind of arose from times of xenophobia, when it wasn't that safe for yeah. refugee children to sort of move around Joburg.
1: You know, Mark, I mean, the issue, of course, is that legally refugee children in South Africa are entitled to an education, but often we are seeing that they are not able to access that education. How does that happen?
0: Oh, it's quite complicated, Michelle. Look, We've been, you know, we've got a, one of our arms is an advocacy arm, and we've been working with other refugee organizations and legal aid organizations to try and sort that out. But um, I suppose from a sort of basic point of view, it would be, you know, children, uh, parents go to to schools and they can't get their kids in because they don't have the documents. In Gauteng, for example, you've got the online registration which does presume that you do have a lot of the documents. Um, Somehow, some children do fall through the cracks and sometimes parents just don't have money. I know that if children are indigent and don't have funds you know they should be able to access public education but its it's one of those things um yeah we've we've conducted some studies and looked at at what are some of the factors that keep kids out but you know there's xenophobia might be one um, another might be you know well a, a real a real issue is just overcrowding of schools and something that there are so many kids uh, looking for places and so you know you might just end up right at the bottom of the list if you are not necessarily consider them.
1: So, just talk to us about uh, the challenge because this is a, a serious commitment for Sacred Heart to do, and I know the project really well, i've I've seen it operating, what i'm I'm always impressed with how you have um, used art as well as one of the key tools in the process. But for teachers, this is I mean they work they work a normal school day. And then the 3 to 6 is a continuation. How does that work? Um,
0: No, well, we have a different set of teachers working in the 3 to 6 project. So they are refugee teachers. They are teachers that have come from the countries where the children have come from, so so Zimbabwe, the Congo. um, We've got a Nigerian teacher, a couple of other countries. Um, So they are um, not on our regular staff as to say, the day, the day starts, they yeah. in the afternoon. So it would be very taxing for teachers to sort of run another yeah. you know, class in the afternoon. Yeah. And the big challenge is that there are second language challenges. Yeah, that French for one. Don't, don't always have very really good English. Um, and so you'd have, to, and, and there's also remedial challenges. So we've got remedial support. This year we brought in Janisburg Parent and Child Counseling Center and they've worked with us They said of psychologists. Um, mm. So, you know, we offer sort of add-ons. We've got um, partnerships with organisations like the Turquoise Harmony Institute and they run a
1: yes. adult
0: education programme uh, for parents teaching them English on a Saturday morning. And then, of course, during this lockdown we've had to offer quite a lot more additional support. So, during the hard lockdown, we we realized that a lot of our refugee families had um, lost their jobs. Yeah. And, you know, they were working as car guards or, you know, in in places where they weren't able to work. And so we had to then resort to providing food parcels. And we were quite fortunate. Over the period, we have sort of distributed about 1,600 parcels. And we, uh, you know, we were... There are a lot of people that came to our aid. Uh, the Caring Women's Forum, a Muslim organisation, they helped us a lot. The West Street Mosque—they uh, helped with one of the feeding, um, well, food drops that we ran. Yeah. So we we were able to draw on lots of friends to get us through these difficult times.
1: You know, Mark, um, I listened to you talk and one of the things that becomes absolutely clear and uh, I'm, I'm aware of it, having just spoken to our teacher just before this, is just how much a school operates within a community. And it's not simply an isolated thing where the kids come to school or they have to do it online or whatever the case may be with COVID, but just how the relationship with the community is absolutely critical.
0: It is, and uh during the lockdown um our children were at home, and you know you you've got to imagine the kind of conditions children do live in you know you'd yeah. have one room and you'd have four kids in it and as parents or one parent um um and those kids would be confined to that space yeah uh, very little other resources available, so um we the teachers were quite in, inventive, and they used mm. WhatsApp yeah. to send uh, messages, we sent stories via WhatsApp during the lockdown. Yeah, um, and and we kept kids going, and we managed to get their books home. With one of the food drops, we also dropped off their books, um, and so we we were actually more fortunate than a lot of the public schools in that we actually still just kept uh, school going. And as soon as we were able to open, we got the kids back to to campus. And we then staggered the days and added an additional, da- additional day on the Saturday so we could um, get get keep teaching and learning going quite quickly. So I could have, haven't lost out much in terms of the academic side. Yeah. But I, I think the, you know, the whole idea of community and community involvement, our, our Sacred Heart parent community, uh, they stepped in. We had lots of. Donations during lockdown for food parcels. Uh, we had one student uh, who had won with Junior Mayor Kyle is his surname, who, who donated a prize he had won four thousand five hundred so um, to the project, and you know that kind of goodwill that, that kept us going.
1: I have a suspicion we actually interviewed him earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Mark, in closing, we are going to go into 2021. There is no doubt that um, COVID has a very long tail, and that things it will goes. not be as easy as we had all hoped. What uh, are the plans for both uh, the day-to-day schooling, but also the three-to-six project?
0: Okay. Well, in terms of the three-to-six, we you know we we did buy sanitizers and masks and all those k- kinds of things and the PPE that was necessary, and then also distanced the desks so that kids weren't sitting on top of each other. We made sure that we take precautions on buses. In fact, we ran two camps uh, in October and November for our older children in the Makhlisberg. And, um, yeah, they, they wore their masks, I'd say most of the time. Um, we haven't had anyone being exposed to COVID. Well, maybe exposed, but no one's been tested positive yeah. From the third which has been quite good, um, but we so we'll continue next year with our social distancing and um, and and sort of staggering the classes where we need to if we can't fit everybody in safely. Um, in the in the regular Sacred Heart school, you know, we we got back to school quite quickly as well. As soon as um, we got permission from the government, you know, you had to apply to reopen schools. Yeah. We reopened the school and and we um, moved into other classrooms and, and um, so we didn't stagger our days sacred off. We actually, um, um, well stagger our week, I should say. We we just um, made sure that we moved into bigger classroom space and moved the desks, but we also sort of moved into halls and into small halls to, to do our teaching. So yeah. um, I think we'll continue. Um, We were online and we were very successful online. Um, And teachers sort of... We all upskilled very, very quickly and were able to do online teaching. And we can do that again next year, and we will if we need to. But ideally, we would Prefer doing face to face teaching because socially it works so much better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mark, we want to thank you very much for coming on the line. That's Dr. Mark Potterton. He's the director of, um, or the principal of the Sacred Heart College, but also the director of the Three to Six Project, which uh, is a refugee children's education project. It's been in service for the refugee community of Sacred Heart for 12 years now. And every afternoon from three to six children who are unable to access their papers and the like, who are legally able to or entitled to an education, they're then able to go to the three to six project as well.